Welcome to Concerning the Spiritual in Art, a podcast exploring spirituality, consciousness, and the creative process. I'm your host, Martin Benson. Hey, y'all, welcome back to Concerning the Spiritual in Art. I'm your host, Martin Benson, and I have a super exciting episode for you today with artist Jessica Cannon, who's based in uh, New York City. She is uh, not only a working artist up there doing amazing shows and really powerful pieces, but she's also a teacher at Parsons and at Queens College. Um, And we just had a really special episode today where we went to a lot of places, um, beginning with sort of her burgeoning sort of origins of as an artist uh, from her childhood growing up in New York um, to sort of the work that she's doing today and speaking about not only her individual work, but also just sort of the state of the art world and its relationship to the state of the world as it is. Um, We went to a bunch of different places. I think y'all are going to love this conversation um, and really enjoy her and the amazingly beautiful work that she is putting out into the universe these days. So without further ado, here's Jessica Cannon. Jessica Cannon, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Martin. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk about um, all the things that connect with you and your work and, you know, see kind of where our conversation goes. And I remember when we had our sort of initial just, you know, conversation just to meet each other more informally, you told this really great story about sort of your upbringing and your relationship with your mom and how that kind of initiated you into seeing things a little differently, especially growing up in a big city like New York. I was wondering if we could start off and you kind of tell us a little bit about that personal history. Sure. Um, Well, I grew up, I spent my early childhood in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, and then we moved out to Long Island. So I was always really close to New York City. And it was a very visually rich, kind of crowded, um, human-centric environment. Um, And I think my mom wanted us to have some kind of relationship with the natural world in the midst of all of that. So from some of my very earliest memories, like she was taking my sister and I to the beach. um, And I just remember being really struck by the openness of the space and um, like this kind of horizon that is not something that you really tend to see a lot in a more urban area. Mm -hmm. Um, But then she also did other things with us, like um, she would always point out the moon or um, if there was like a meteor shower that was happening, she would wake us up out of bed at like 3.30 in the morning to try to see a meteor shower. Um, So it was really, looking back, I can see what a gift it was to be brought into the world with that kind of perspective um, and definitely see the influence that it's had on my paintings. Yeah, definitely. I totally can see it in your art too. And I think it's a a really amazing thing that your mom did for you and your sister, you know, um, especially growing up in a a dense urban environment like Brooklyn, um, especially early on in life to kind of connect you to something outside of the man-made elements that you're surrounded by. And when I look at your work now, it has such a distinct openness and a sense of vastness Mm -hmm. to it. 
and the way that, you know, the light sort of illuminates and radiates around these spirals or these sort of simplistic forms that have a sense of greater space in them, even like subtle horizon lines that seem mm. to come through. And I find that, um, you know, one of our biggest issues maybe is our disconnection to the natural world. Like I imagine what it would be like living in New York and you look up at the sky and you see the Milky Way galaxy, like what would that do to people's consciousness? Oh. You know, uh, I wish I knew. I, I think that would be such an incredible thing to have both things present, both that like human capacity and potential of what, what we're able to build, but then also this reminder of where we are in the larger scheme of things. Definitely. I think that perspective shifting is, is such a crucial element to like, keep us not only grounded, but to keep us dreaming too, you know, to keep our minds expansive of like, what might be possible for us, not only individually, but I think a lot about what's possible for us collectively, like the miraculous nature of being on a rock floating in the middle of space, surrounded by all these planets and stars and just the energies that surround us, like we kind of intentionally, unintentionally, depending on where we look at it, like kind of shut ourselves off from that. And so again, like what your mom did is kind of like initiated you into that greater perspective. And when you yeah. look at like your work as a painter, like how do you think that plays in for you? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think... I think I had been really interested for a long time in this is like before the work that I'm making now, but in the juxtaposition of the built environment and the natural world. Mm -hmm. um, and then as I was exploring that, I started to see that some of the components of the natural world that I was exploring in the paintings, they, they were showing me more of my inner life. Mm. Um, and the work started to feel a lot more personal, um, but also maybe um, like it was connected to some larger questions that I have. And I think a lot of people have about um, this trip we're on as human <laughs> beings, you know? Right. Um, and so I think that there is um, there is an interest in maybe that like micro macro thing of mm -hmm. like these really big questions and and big spaces, but also you know trying to even understand something that in theory should be I should be very intimately acquainted with, which is like my own inner life and my own consciousness, but it's still like very surprising and kind of you know, in some ways, like this wild space. Yeah. So I'm kind of interested in the intersections between that very like intimate inner life, but then these like wider spaces that are mysterious to, um, to really all of us. Yeah. I'm curious sometimes like how those things mirror each other, you know, it's like, totally, yeah. um, a lot of times when we think about like spirituality or consciousness like we think about like the outer world being a reflection of our inner world and our inner world projecting to our outer world and there's this incredible relationship between the two and when you really unpack it all it's hard to figure out where the source of these things are they're like such an interplay between them it's like 
almost as if like they cannot be separate from each other. You know, like the vastness of outer space equals the vastness of inner space yeah. in some sense. Do you spend time, like whether it's even, I, I would imagine even in the creation of your paintings, because they feel so sensitively rendered and intimately made, you know, like there's definitely this meditative quality that comes into them. So maybe this happens through the process of making it. But I was curious also, if maybe in your own life, do you kind of try to carve out time to like inquire within and sort of experience this inner space? And if so, how do you, how do you approach that personally? I do. Um, I think there are a few different things that I do, which allow me to access something of that inner space, but it's, it's sort of hard to predict where and when it will show up. If, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think in making the work itself, there is a real slowing down in some of the mark making mm -hmm. and my mind will wander and there'll be this level of um, both like attentiveness, but also like wandering that will, will happen. And it'll, I find like when I'm in that space, it will allow me to have these new ideas or see different possibilities in the work. Mm. Um, so I'm often asked about the time it takes to do some of the slower um, parts of the paintings. And I, I don't like get bored when I'm doing it. It does just feel like very meditative and also just like this very open space where other ideas can enter my mind and I can sort of understand where the painting needs to go next or maybe where the next painting is mm -hmm. going to go. Yeah. Um, but then I also find that certain physical things like I'm really lucky right now. I'm able to walk to the studio each day. It's about a 40 minute walk. And wow. just during that daily commute of walking, I feel like it gets me into more of a creative space or it kind of quiets my mind and yeah. um, just brings about a sense of that connection that we were talking about. Um, and then I'll also do things like yoga and meditation um, as well, although I'm not like a super devoted practitioner of each, yeah, but yeah. I, I definitely will um, have them as part of my routine from time to time. Yeah. I, I love this. I, that's so cool that you walk to your studio. Yeah. And 40 minutes. I mean, it's, it's, it's a long time and a short time. It depends on, you know, again, perspective, right? Yes. Um, and how we view or organize our time. But I can imagine, and I keep thinking about these incredible juxtapositions, like what you're talking about before, like the juxtaposition of like the sort of quietude or peacefulness or like inner sort of meditative state you might cultivate on your walk to the studio within the bustling city of New York, you know, yeah. like those two things like seemingly don't belong together, but they perfectly go together, especially when you're like embodied in those moments, just taking one step after the other moving through this fantastic space that's so vibrant with energy like New York. Um, I just think that's an amazing way to like transition and buffer your day. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think about that um, in my day, like I, I commute on a bicycle with my oh, son. Cool. And so like the transitions, oh, wow. you know, going to school and then going home from school with him, like it's such an amazing way to start the day. I used to drive and recently, you know, uh, bought a bike, sold my car. I was like, we're going to get, we're close enough. We can do that. And man, it is, it is a powerful sort of like 
almost um, beginning and ending to the day, like a ritual, you know, yes. in some yeah. sense. Totally. And um, I don't know, there's something about moving through space on your own with your own energy, you know, and on your own pace that like, I think gets you into these different head spaces of yes. awareness. Like you're so much more in tune or paying closer attention to your surroundings, especially in a city like New York, you can't be aloof, you can hit by a taxi, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I love that that's kind of built into almost like your ritual as an artist. Um, do you do that? Did that kind of come naturally to walk or like, and do you look at it like a ritual or are there any other maybe rituals that you tie, bring into the way you create space for your art making? Well, that's such a good question. Um, I feel like one way that the walk feels almost more like a ritual is interestingly on the way home. Mm -hmm. because I don't know if you get like this, but sometimes when I'm painting for several hours, it almost like takes me some time for like to come back to the world, you know, like for my <laughs> like words to come back to me and to function more fully in like a human and social space. And wow. um, I feel like the walk really helps with that because I might be sort of, you know, my mind might be spinning and thinking about where I'm leaving off and where I want things to go, but it's a way to kind of say, okay, and you know, that time was for doing that. And now you're moving into another time. And, yeah. Um, walking to the studio, I, it doesn't feel like maybe as much of a ritual, but it, it does feel like, um, you know, there are just a lot of families in our neighborhood. And so we just see a lot of kids moving through the world mm -hmm. and a lot of like little dogs out. So it's not just, you know, it's not like we're in Times Square. It's, it's a lot yeah. quieter. And so, but sometimes I'll just see kids kind of like doing something hilarious and spontaneous or like, you know, people out with their dogs. Um, and so it, those are some nice ways of like entering the day where it feels a bit gentler than mm -hmm. it did when I was like commuting by train and switching multiple trains. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, yeah, like even in New York, like I spent time there for sure. Um, um, but it, even in those like busy cities where there's millions of people, like there are still these little like quiet, intimate moments. And the, and the, and it's hard to remember, like as someone coming from another place and visiting that people actually live here, like their normal lives, like day to day. Yeah. So that's a good, that's a good re <laughs> reminder there. Um, I totally can relate to what you're saying about like kind of coming down from like a long painting session. It's almost like you need time for like integration, like, because so many things happen when you're in that deep creative space, like mm -hmm. the mind is quiet and concentrated. Um, but like when the mind is quiet and concentrated, there's more openings for inspiration or ideas or emotions or things to just flood through you. And so probably like, the come down is a little tricky. You know, I've, I I know when I have like epic painting sessions where I just can't stop for like five or six hours, it takes a minute to, to like, yeah, to like orient a little yeah. bit because you've been so like concentrated, like time just disappears. And when I look at your work, like, especially y'all, like I'll have um, some great images here. Maybe I can flash one up at this moment in the podcast for those watching the video. 
but like even looking at the painting behind you, like you have this beautiful sense of light and obviously structure to your compositions, but then there are these tiny little patterns that you really weave on top. Are they, is that sort of the last part of the painting, the patterns you do on top? Like, do you do an underpainting and yeah. then do sort of these, almost like these organic tessellations um, that remind me of like looking at a tree and seeing like mycelial networks like overtake the bark, you know what I mean? They're mm. organic, but so still structured. Could mm. you maybe speak about like that part of your painting and maybe that process that you sort of bring in to, to cultivate that feeling of the micro macro happening right there before us? Sure. Um, well, I would say it's those forms initially started out in an earlier body of work where I was thinking a lot about waveforms and I was doing a lot of night paintings. Mm. And the part that creates this, this veil over the top surface, so over the underpainting that's mm -hmm. more iridescent, um, those started out as a way of creating space in the night paintings. So it started out where I was just doing them and they were like black lines that I was mm -hmm. doing with a paintbrush. Yeah. Um, and it created this beautiful, like rich darkness um, but as I like started to get deeper into it, I started to think, oh, well, this could be interesting if I'm using it in a way that's moving the way that the underpainting is. Mm. Um, so there is this kind of structure to it, but it also feels like very experimental because I, I don't really know what I'm going to get. And it usually takes a bit of time to build it up and see if it's going to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I hope that answers the question yeah. or if, if there's like more you want me to. Yeah, for sure. No. Know. Okay. I like how you're like, you're saying how you're trying to build this sort of like connection with the underpainting and then the pattern on top now, like, and you can see it in the way, like the colors change in the pattern you're doing as it transitions through the structure of, you know, your composition and yeah, I just think it adds like another, like not only that, like beautiful detail, you know, and textural quality to it, but it also speaks in my mind to this interdependent woven sort of mm. network of reality of the micro macro, like that it is like a, this ultimately connected structure matrix. Um, it makes me think, are you familiar with um, Indra's net? this uh, Vedic sort of cosmological description of like the entire universe. It's called Indra's, no. Indra's net. Indra is like a really famous, important um, deity in the Vedic tradition. Mm. And they describe this matrices of reality from which all like forms emanate from. You can almost think about it like almost like a holographic screen that images come out of in some ways. And they describe it as this net that has um, this pristine diamond at all the intersections that's reflecting all the other diamonds and all the other intersections infinitely. Wow. And so this, this wow. gorgeous like visual depiction of like the interconnected nature of life. Um, and in some, some experiences that people have, you know, where you hear like trip reports and like deep psychedelic experiences um, where they see this net, they see the actual like jeweled net wow. or whatever. Um, it's super 
heady and fascinating, you know, yeah. to think about, but like, you know, this has been described, you know, many thousands of years ago. And so in some sense, like I see that netting or that weaving, like not only metaphorically, but literally like kind of embedded in your work, you know, and it definitely has this super earthly feeling to them, especially some of the colors that you use, especially in this latest series, the spiral, um, which one was the spiral path, this latest mm. body of work um, that you have ex exhibited with some nice like toned down like earth tones and softer color. But there's this, you know, spiral structure, right? Um, with this triangle that's kind of like based on a horizon and some of them. Can you maybe talk about like the spiral as sort of like an image or a structure that have you've been drawn to and like what it is about that structure that is interesting for you? Sure. Um, well, I, let's see, in um, 2021, I left New York for a good part of the year and I was really fortunate to be able to stay at the historic studios out in Roswell as part of Rare's um, cool. property and program. And um, I just was really open to that change of scenery and also the kind of change in pace for my life during that time. It was a real slowing down. Yeah. Um, and I'd been interested in reading about physics for a few years at that point. And this was a moment where everything felt so like pronounced what I was seeing from the night sky and you could actually see the spiral of the Milky Way um, to even just the quality of light and color in that environment. Um, and I was recently reading a biography about Sonia Delaunay and at one point she had, um, she and her husband Robert had left Paris, um, I think because of World War I. Um, and they had taken shelter on the Iberian Peninsula. And she talked about the impact that it had on her work and how it went from perceiving light on objects to then trying to paint light from its very source. So like the wow. sun and the moon. Yeah. Um, and I and when I read that, I was like, oh, that feels really similar to the experience that I had when I was in New Mexico. And so the the spiral started coming into the work as part of almost a, a way of thinking about creation mythology, mm -hmm. um, but also kind of thinking about the changing conditions in the sky. And so like changing light, changing color, um, and then kind of juxtaposing that with something that felt more anchored to the earth, which is yeah. this like mountain form, which is actually, it, it wasn't intentional, but it was something that turned out to be very similar to a view that we had from our um, our place in Roswell of oh, this wow. mountain called Capitan. Yeah. Wow. So it kind of worked its way in. And that's the triangle is sort of maybe representing that mountain in a lot of your work because, you know, you're yeah. repeating that motif a lot, which is interesting. Yeah. And so the, um, the triangle form, it's, it's, in part, I think 
because I was exposed to that mountain from that particular vantage point. If you see it from another vantage point, it looks like somebody's like asleep under a blanket. Oh, wow. um, but it just has this very kind of geometrically um, pleasing triangular form. Mm-hmm. But there is just something, I mean, this is, I, this is something that I can't really um, totally put into words, but you know, I had, I had never really lived near a mountain before. And I had lost my dad about like six months or so before this, um, this trip. And there was just such a feeling of like a presence in the mountain, like a, a wow. sense of um, it being really powerful and having almost a sense of um, just, like gentle protective energy yeah um and it you know it's it's also not something I would think to really associate with my dad because he it's not like he was you know a big hiker or anything like that but it just it almost felt like it was some kind of physical manifestation of his presence wow you know really powerful yeah yeah and um you know so it just became something that showed up in more and more of the paintings and um for me also felt like a way of talking about this connection between the earth and something more eternal or like Mm -hmm. you know the sky so yeah wow that's beautiful i'm really sorry to hear about your father's passing but i really appreciate sharing that detail that's really i mean it hit my heart just like you know, you know, you get that feeling in your heart, yeah. like, that connection to you and your story. And, and now when I see the paintings, I'll never see them the same in the best way. Like, oh. and I think it's, I think it makes perfect sense. Like you think about a mountain, like this groundedness, this earthly element. And like, we're talking a lot right now about sort of the dichotomy of like the cosmic macro infinitesimally huge reality but also then there's this immediate soft grounded earthly reality too temporal space and so your paintings are like bridging you know heaven and earth you know that oh. whole alchemical you know sort of phrase of like bringing heaven to earth or as above so below mm-hmm. you know this sort of mirroring of these spaces that seemingly are different on the surface but when you really understand their connection to each other it's one and um, so when I look at your work, it has that that real balance to it, you know, the groundedness, but the openness, you know, at the same time, just like the man-made in juxtaposition with the vast open horizon or sky. And so it's really beautiful the way that you're weaving these things together. And the spiral is such a powerful symbol- symbolic image that we see not only utilized in art, um, historically, but understanding it from a physics perspective, from a, you know, from like a material perspective of how nature propagates and grows, you know, like everything has a spiral form to it. We think of the Fibonacci spiral, you know, we think of like the, um, you know, phi ratio, the golden mean and all of that, which is embedded or encoded, I like to say within all of reality, you know? And so when I look at your work, there is this magical, mystical, cosmic 
feeling, but it has that groundedness. And Mm -hmm. I think when I think of like spiritual spaces or spiritual communities, I think sometimes like I can even remember like my own experience, like getting disconnected from my ground and just being way up in the heavens of, of that sort of thinking. And, Mm -hmm. but the importance of like having a real groundedness, having both happening um, to create that real connection and balance. Um, I don't know. So when I look at your work, it definitely just speaks to like the cultivation of that and, and that, then that cultivation being a dynamic process in and of itself, you know, because mm-hmm. a spiral is, although it's uniform, it's still dynamic and it's expansive quality. Um, I love when I see them in nature, you know, like looking at like a Nautilus shell or when I see like even sometimes the way that even like waveforms like tend to like pl- displace the earth in some sense, you know, mm. we see all that energy all around us, you know, um, and so as an artist and a painter, like I think that's something we always have kind of tapped into is the natural world, you know, but here we're kind of moving into like inner space and like our own, you know, your own story is in your art, you know, and I am really appreciate the way you just sort of illustrated that and the triangle being like the most stable shape, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, but it's also sort of symbolic. If we look at like the triangle in like various cultures, it tends to be symbolic of masculine and feminine, depending on upward or downward facing um, triangle. And so you're, fo- you know, the upward facing the mountain, you know, the sort of masculine principle, we're not talking, I'm not talking about like gender in a sense, but more of like energetic principles of, um, that we see in there. Do you think about that at all, you know, in terms of like masculine and feminine forms, because I feel like I see such a balance in your work, energetically speaking. That's really interesting. Maybe, um, maybe I do, but not as much in those terms, maybe Mm -hmm. it's more about, um, different kinds of energies. Like, so some elements functioning more in an ethereal manner and other elements having to then like pull the painting, you know, into some kind of logic or, or Mm -hmm. structure. Um, and then, yeah, so I, I think I do, but maybe in my mind it's more like intuitive rather than yeah. it through the a conscious lens of masculine and feminine. Yeah, because I see that a lot in and because like the patterns that you do on top, they have the that organic quality, right? Like they're they aren't um, you know, rigidly structured necessarily. And the spiral, although it is, yes, organic, because it has that curvature to it, it's just more unified. Um, And this brings me back in my mind thinking about, again, sort of this relationship between the natural world and the man-made world. And we look at how like humans build typically 90 degrees, right? Mm -hmm. We see 90 degree angles everywhere. Everything is a box, a shape, even our canvases are rectangles, right? But when we look at the natural world, I mean, I don't think aside from maybe basalt, like rock forms, sometimes you get those structures in general. It's like, you don't see 90 degrees anywhere. And so like when you're in those urban spaces, it's almost like a reminder of like this tension between the man-made 
and the natural form. Um, and I think in our world, you know, that we're living in right now, that tension is manifesting in a very intense way, you know, um, with our relationship to the planet versus our relationship to industry and capitalism and this idea of infinite growth within finite systems, which are just asinine, you know, yeah. in my mind. Um, do you ever think about um, those qualities too? Like, cause I know they're part of sort of like your origin in some way, but have you thought about maybe bringing them even more distinctly into your work at some point, like this tension um, between those two? Because uh, you work yeah. with a lot of the harmony between those two, which there is innate harmony, but I'm, I would be curious to see like what you might think about the tension between those as well. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I feel like a lot of the paintings I'm working on currently are maybe not, they're not exploring that tension as explicitly as maybe I was like five or so years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not, I'm not sure why. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's something that feels a little bit farther from what I've been thinking about but it's but but it's not it's not far from what I think about in my day-to-day -day, right. but it's sort of a little bit more removed from how I'm thinking about the paintings which I think are maybe like still relating to different ideas of creation mythology at the moment but also yeah. like kind of going a little bit in the middle of the macro and micro. Yeah. So like thinking a little bit more about like family and um, relationships and, you know, ancestors and things like that. Um, yeah. So it's not that I don't, I think about that a lot and I'm sure it will work its way back into my work, especially if I end up staying in New York for, mm -hmm. you know, any kind of prolonged period of time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the moment, it still feels a little bit more tied to to earlier um, earlier paintings. But it's a yeah. really it's an interesting question and something I I definitely want to come back to and, yeah. and kind of re-examine. It almost could be like you're past that, like you had you examined that, and now you've kind of moved to another space that's kind of like connected to it, but it's kind of speaking beyond it a little bit. Yeah, because um, it's not so much in this like um, binary um, relationship, but you're trying to find that, you know, that oneness or that harmony between these seemingly opposite qualities, um, which for me is what gives your work, in my opinion, such a deep spiritual feeling when I look at them. You know, it, it oh, reminds you. me of it reminds me of things that, you know, I already know, but have forgotten. And I think whenever mm -hmm. we hear or experience yeah. like whatever we could call truth, in my experience, maybe this relate, you can relate to this. It's like, it's never like if I hear something that is like, wow, like reigns is truth. It's never the feeling of, oh, I never knew that. It's always the feeling of, I knew that. Mm, I just couldn't wow. say it or I couldn't touch it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah. within you, what you've already know in mm. your DNA, you know, deep inside. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I think no, that's that really, feeling. that's such a, um, an articulate description of 
that light going on. Yeah. I think. Um, and, and I do, I am interested in that. And I, and I fully acknowledge that the idea of what feels true to me today might not, you know, in, in a year from now, it might mm-hmm. be completely something else, but, um, I think I don't want to let a painting go into the world unless it feels like it's in a space of feeling connected to that, you know? Yeah, like that authenticity, you know, that feeling of like authenticity and like truth telling through mark making, through decision making, like through feeling states, you know? Yeah. And I think I look at art, you know, as such a powerful tool for us as humanity, and um, and I feel like, and you might agree, because especially you're in New York, like you're one of the epicenters for like visual arts on the planet in terms of like where lots of transactions are happening, you know what I mean? Mm. And power structures are established and so forth within the quote unquote art world. New York is definitely one of those major meeting points. And um, part of what I look at when I see art today is I see this move more toward the spiritual than ever before with artists like yourself and a lot of other artists who I've already talked to or will continue to talk to through this format that I'm in the middle of creating right now, because I see this trend moving in that direction where, cause I feel like for a long time, um, and you might be able to speak to this some too, like the art world was kind of allergic to spirituality in some ways. You know what I mean? Like um, mm. postmodernism and hyper relativism really just became sort of the beacon of of what's what. And um, I look at it as like both. Like the I look at it like there is yes relativity, but there is absolute as well, and they both are in harmony with each other. And mm. I think in a time right now where there's lots of confusion. Um, on a collective scale about what we're doing here and how we're going to work together. I think art is sometimes can be like a torch to help lead us. And I see this movement back in toward these interior spaces and spirituality, Mm. but I could be biased. I'm probably am very biased, you know, because like you can, you know, we can all live in our little silos. Um, But do you feel that like living in a place like New York, do you see that burgeoning kind of, trend or this awakening of like spirituality as being something actually considered important to speak on within these bigger spaces? I I think so. Um, But I I think it's changing. I think that the conversation that you're interested in having and that I'm really excited about having is one that wasn't really being had publicly. Mm -hmm. At least in my experience, I feel like with most museum and gallery exhibitions, it was very much within like an academic kind of professionalized contextualization of the work. Yeah. But I think what I was always noticing was that when I would get together with friends and artists in our studios, those weren't necessarily the conversations that we were having about our work. Yeah. Um, And so it's exciting to see that those conversations are expanding a bit more within galleries and institutions yeah um and and I I, and you know I hope I hope that they'll expand in the academic sphere as well because I I feel like that's a place where it still feels very difficult to talk about even even as like historical movements like the transcendental painters it's Mm -hmm. it still seems like you know 
some places want you to really tiptoe around yeah. um, that component and and have everything within this very rational space. And um, I think that one of the gifts of art, whether you're talking about it or in a studio making something, I think it's it's a, a process of searching. Yeah. And 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 like for anything else that you're going to do, having the capacity or willingness to search or to be with uncertainty or to like accept certain mysteries. I think that's, that's a powerful thing. Yeah, definitely. I love, you know, I, I completely agree with you, you know, like these are the kind of conversations that are kind of happening amongst artists themselves. Like conversations I have with all my friends who are artists, we're interested in consciousness and place and the sort of the mystery that surrounds our history as a species, you know, and like how, especially now, like we live in a time where we're really dismantling our understanding of power structures and history. And we see how, how those, those power structures, um, especially um, in Western history, those patriarchal power structures mm -hmm. controlled what was learned and what was not learned, what was remembered and what was forgotten. Mm -hmm. And I think with the internet and the more interconnected where we live in, um, we're starting to be more curious about what it was that was left out of these books, what was left out of these histories. Um, what are we missing? And I think in my sense, we all have this maybe intuitive feeling that there's a piece to this puzzle that is not available to us. And so we have to seek it, you know, like the, yeah. like you're talking about searching and seeking and like finding it. And I think it, I think some of those answers I feel are in those spaces that are beyond the rational mind, are in these spaces that are beyond the material, tangible reality that we can measure and scale and, you know, uh, translate into data points, you know, mm -hmm. like there is this dimension, you know, that's beyond that's connected to it, but it's beyond as well. And I look at art as a way to like point toward these things, you know, yeah. and you see, you know, in this really intense political environment we're in and um these really volatile times um we see alongside that like people more curious than ever about wellness meditation the importance of mental health the importance of and then we see psychedelic research and we see people healing addiction and trauma ptsd that's been inflicted upon them through all sorts of means and so I think we are living in a very interesting time where maybe the, these missing puzzle pieces are going to start to be brought into the conversation again so we can have a bigger picture. And I would love to see not only the art institutions continue to be open to these conversations, but the academic ones as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, you think about quantum physics, right? The mystery of like, what is a, a wave part? A wave can be a particle. It can be a wave yeah. at the same time. Like. You know, this idea of like non-locality or how like two things can be in the same place or different or one thing can be in two places at once, you know, like yeah. the sort of like talk about like transcending the rational mind, just look at quantum physics. So I think we live in a really special time and I would love to continue to see art reflecting the question, these bigger questions. And mm -hmm. I look at the work you do as someone who's adding to to this momentum um, that I think ultimately oh. can can really help us not only be open to the vastness and mystery around us, but to also look within. 
and see oh. the mastery and, and vastness inside of us. So I just appreciate what you're doing. Cause I'm, when I immediately came across your work, I was like, damn, yes. Boom. Oh, you know, thank you like, for saying that. Cause you can just feel it. You know, you can feel your, the authentic seeking and questioning, but also mm. the, like the deep commitment to your practice as an artist to, um, to express, you know, the experiences you're having and the questions that you have. Um, so it's, I think it's a very exciting time as well. And, um, I'm hopeful for sure. Yeah. That's, that's a really wonderful way to connect some of the questions or seeking that I might do in my studio or you or other artists might be doing with, I think, other kinds of conversations that really need to be brought into a, a wider dialogue right now. Yeah, um, definitely. That's part of what inspired me to do this podcast, you know, is to get people like you um, together and, and talk and have people yeah. hear it. Cause these are like, if we were no recording was here, no microphone was here and we just happened to meet, I'm in your studio. This is where we would end up anyway. Yeah, totally. You know I was I mean? like really surprised our first conversation. It was just like, boom, let's, you know, get right into some metaphysical ideas. <laughs> I know. I know. No waste <laughs> um, any time. Well, this is yeah. what I'm, I'm personally fascinated by because I feel like there's so much to learn, you know, there's yeah. just so much we don't know. And I think, um, a lot of times I see this in my own personal life, like we can get attached to a certain way of looking at something or thinking about something. And it reminds me of this, uh, Mahatma Gandhi quote that I always like try to remember, which is, um, my commitment is to truth, not consistency, you know? And so it's like the ability to change the ability to change when new information comes in that, negates the old information. And, um, I look at our, our culture, like on a more collective level, like as being resistant to that change, but mm-hmm. ultimately I think it's going to have to give way. Um, do you see that happening too? Like this kind of resistance to like new ideas and, um, new ways of looking like people are trying to hold on to the way our world looked 20, 30, 50 years ago. That's the way it should always look. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think that's definitely true. I think, um, you know, one thing I can say from my own experience as a painter for so many years is that no matter how many times I've been through it in the studio, like it, it still can be very painful when that call that it needs to your work needs to change or you're not this direction isn't working anymore like it it can be something that takes you like kicking and screaming down <laughs> a new path you know yeah. um i i do find that it's a difficult moment culturally and i think so, like socially for as i'm experiencing it because I go back and forth between really profound hope and profound disappointment and cynicism mm-hmm. because some some of the things that people are going backwards on or the kinds of changes that people are um, are fighting against, they're dealing with basic human rights. They're not mm-hmm. things that are... Um, like a new technology or a new, like, I mean, it's, it's really about, um, trying to hold on to, 
to power and and not share it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting, like the divisiveness, you know, um, and a lot of the things that are happening around us, like want to pull us apart in some ways, like either intentionally or unintentionally, whether yeah. it's through media, whether it's through our sort of um, social media silos or whether it's through political figures like there's and for me, it's like I always point back to this notion of dignity and basic human dignity as being sort of like an anchor that we must always like measure or something we must always measure our decisions against, like our, mm. even those we disagree with vehemently, you know, like yes, can yeah. we maintain a sense of dignity and not spiral into um, just throwing hate back and forth at each other and have real authentic communication and I think that's where the biggest issues I see lie is like this an inability to have real communication with those we don't understand or yeah. don't agree with. And I feel like a lot of the pundits who are kind of like on the power, you know, pedestals aren't modeling for us what that can look like. And Absolutely. That's, that's where I get a little bit disheartened because mm -hmm. like we need we need people to model what this what reconciliation looks like what holding the dignity of another human um to the highest standard looks like even in the midst of like really strong disagreement yeah. and we just we don't we don't see that yet but i'm hoping that wisdom will arise over you know time and i think it's it always ends up being little little moments little steps little things that we can do along the way that kind of i think make the biggest impact and um you know, the fact that like someone like you decides to take their, the time, we all have time essentially until we don't, right. We have a certain amount of time, but you are choosing to take your time to create and make things like what you're making, like that it, within this environment, that to me gives me hope is like that the humans are able to find an ability to make something beautiful and create something that's kind of almost like beckoning a new world to come forth. You know, when oh. you could be doing so much else with your time, right? Like the fact that you're an artist and you choose to use your time this way. Um, and the fact that there are many artists like you who are choosing to use their time this way to create these kinds of images or have these kinds of inquiries like that to me is where I get hope because it means that it, the the consciousness of humanity is still not lost to um, basic material desires of, you know fame and money and objects, mm. you know, like we're, we're seeking something beyond that. Yeah. Um, so I find a lot of hope there. Oh, that's, it's, it's interesting. Cause as you're saying that to me, I feel kind of self-conscious about it because I feel like my work is not operating in a space where it can create the, some of the kinds of changes I want to see in the world. Yeah. Um, but I also know that when I experience a sense of despair over the state of things, it is often through art or music or a film or a book that I like feel like some part of my humanity is yeah. is um restored a bit. And yeah. um it's 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 a really I guess it's an, a question that I think about in, in an ongoing way is like how, 
how do you operate within these spaces within the world that you live in, but also like try to make work that feels true to you and is maybe not, because some of those spaces I also think are, um, they're just designed for a very easy answer or a very kind of like quick soundbite. Mm. Um, and I guess, yeah, I don't know. I, I I question a lot how my work fits into some of these larger conversations that are happening, if at all. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you think about that with your work? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like, it's about, I don't know, like I think change is always something that happens slow and consistently beneath the surface of what we're aware of, right? Like, mm. you know, like if if we, um, and I think that we're all contributing some bit in some way. And at the end of the day, like if you're moving through the world with a sense of connection and openness and appreciation and a sense of um, awe, and love and all of that, like you're creating ripple effects within the, within the quantum field, mm. within Indra's net or to bring that back, that has an impact beyond what you can ever understand or mm. what you can ever actually see or get feedback from. And yeah. I just personally found a sense of solace and faith in that process. And so the goal for me is to be live authentically and to live in my heart as much as I can. And so that as an artist, what I'm making is supposed to contribute to that quantum field of, of love and connection in some mm. small bit. Cause I think when there's all of us collecting it together, that's where the impact is. Cause it's never about, in my opinion, an individual. Yeah. It's about, it's about like a collective movement in energy and in consciousness, really. Mm -hmm. And so the only thing you can do as an individual is to cultivate a greater consciousness. Mm -hmm. And that is your contribution to the whole always. Mm -hmm. And art for me is a way to cultivate greater consciousness. That's my path. That's just as an mm -hmm. individual, that's what helps me contribute to growing my consciousness in a way that helps um, and then of course you live in, when you live on that vibrational space, the way you interact with people makes a difference, you know, mm -hmm. the way that the decisions you make and what you buy and what you don't buy or what you're, you know, like we all vote every time we make a decision about something, especially when it comes to purchasing power or when it comes to the way we want to interact with a stranger, like we're voting for goodness, we're voting mm. for harmony or voting yeah. for dissonance, we're voting for disconnection, what either intentionally or unintentionally, consciously or unconsciously. And so um, I try my best as much as I can, because it's, I definitely can fall into those pits of like, what am I doing? You mm. know, like we need boots on the ground now. <laughs> but like, no, like change is soft and mm. uh, in most ways um, until one day it's not, it just all of a sudden, like someone flipped a switch and everything changed, but like everything that built up to that, it took time, I feel mm -hmm. like. And so I think uh, we're contributing through the energy we bring into the world every day and the way that we are. That's our greatest contribution in my mind. And then maybe at some point, you know, your art has an opportunity to 
impact greater numbers of people for whatever reason, that's awesome. But at the end of the day, if it impacts one person in a deep way, that's a that's yeah, the, that's the best thing ever because yeah. you're creating this bridge between another person using art as that pathway and and that connection to each other is what it's all about. So um, that's how I look at it, or I try to remind myself to look at it. Um, and but it's it's tough out there. You know, it's tough. And so mm-hmm. back to how we started the conversation, perspective is the most mm-hmm. important thing. You know, um, I find when I get caught up in the little micro details of the moment, that's giving me anxiety or making me feel um, really like angry or even self-righteous. Like I try to step back and see the bigger perspective of what's actually going on. Like, where are we right now? We're in space on a rock, <laughs> floating in infinite time. You know, um, there's always time, you know, like it's mm-hmm. not, it's not dire straits like it always is, but that's also a privilege for me to say based on my life too. So I recognize that as well, mm-hmm. but it's tricky territory that we're in Jessica. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. It's tricky. Um, but I think what you're doing is not only healing you and your process of making it there's healing happening for you but it's through that it's healing us as well and so so i thank you for what you do as an artist and like i said earlier like why the fact that you take the time and use your time in this way it's it's a blessing and a beautiful thing oh that's very generous of you to say i feel extremely fortunate to be able to dedicate my time to making the work and um, yeah, just um, hope that, I guess like everybody does, you just hope that it reaches somebody else, you know, like in some way, like you you step back and and it reaches you maybe, because you're not just the person making it, but you're also a viewer of your work. You're like its first viewer. and yeah, if, if, like you said, it's able to connect with a few people, then that's yeah. a special thing. Cause I yeah. know what those experiences have given to me. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's subtle sometimes, but like, it's, that's kind of what it's about, you know, is that connection yeah. that you can create in some ways and, and then just, um, letting yourself evolve through your process of making, you know, you look at your journey as an artist and sort of where you began and where you are now, it's wow. And then you see where, where's it going to go? Like the mystery of that, I think keeps me, was what keeps me going as an artist is like that mystery of the unfolding of where this work is going yeah, um, and what it can do, you know? Um, I think, I think for me, it's like, you know, you're, you're living by an example by doing it, you know, and that is sometimes more powerful than just an individual painting itself, you mm. know? Mm-hmm being committed to that process of unfolding, um, and growing. So. Yeah. Cause any, anything that materializes in an individual painting is the result of all this other work. That's not visible, yep. like all the other paintings stacked up on the wall and all these other, you know, things you just tossed, um, yeah. thoughts that you had. It's, um, it's interesting how, there is this thing that's visible, but it's like kind of propped up on a, you know, 
a, like a ground of all this other, yeah, <laughs> these other the, layers, you know, on the shoulders of giants, you know, yes, like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like when someone asks like, how long did it take you to make that? You hear some people sometimes will respond like my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I did in my life led to making that and yes, then whatever yeah. comes next. Um, yeah. But if you're not involved in a creative process, um, it's some, maybe sometimes it can be hard to relate to what that actually means. But I think when you are, you get it, you know, mm -hmm. you get that each painting is sort of like a stepping stone on a bigger journey. Mm -hmm. um, and each step before it led you to that step you're taking right now, you know, yeah. and the point is to to keep walking, you know, mm -hmm. so well, thank you so much. I feel like we're at a good sort of uh, stopping point. This idea okay. of of perspective as like being the most important thing to maintain, and seems like that is like a real theme in your work and how you almost like your origin of how you even started um, in your life. The perspective your mother showed you, and then how you've kind of taken the reins, and now you're exploring that visually, but also in your life as well. And so, I just mm -hmm. want to thank you for taking time to, to talk with me and sharing all the things you shared. And um, oh, thank you so much, Martin. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. to see what else comes next. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. So, much. so look forward to talking to you again soon sometime. So, Likewise. Awesome. Take care, Jessica. Okay. Thank you. You too. All mm -hmm. right. Peace. Bye. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Concerning the Spiritual and Art. Um, if you like what you're listening to, please uh, leave a comment. Uh, give me a rating on whatever podcast platform you're, you're tuning in on. And uh, help me get the word out. Share it with any friends or family, anyone you think might be interested in uh, what I'm doing over here. Super excited to bring a lot more of this content to you. Sending lots of love out to each and every one of you. Peace, y'all.